Welcome into the Monday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. This is Ben Brown. I'm usually joined by Kevin Cole. We did have some technical difficulties and a few other situations arise, so I'm running this back solo, trying to get you prepped for this Monday night football game. But first, we got to talk about a little bit of the action here on Sunday, Week 12 slate. Uh, most disappointing loss. There were a number of options to choose for this category. Of course, the Colts basically lost the division against the Titans uh, today. Cardinals had a disappointing performance against the Patriots where it seemed like they maybe they were going to you know be able to sneak one out there at the end miss field goal Patriots get the ball back end up kicking the field goal to win at the end got a you know got a little bit of penalty help there towards the end to move the ball just to get in the field goal range so um, that was another disappointing performance one other one from the NFC West the Rams uh, kind of got you know beat pretty handedly from the 49ers. Of course, they made it close at the end, but they were down by two touchdowns there. Um, needed a defensive touchdown to kind of get back into it, tied the game, uh, but the 49ers went down, kicked the field goal at the end, ended up winning as well. And then the Raiders. I mean, this was the one that I would probably label as the most disappointing Week 12 loss. Raiders basically were in control of their own destiny. Could have... Um, you know, not necessarily secured a wild card spot, but had that kind of locked in where they controlled their own destiny. And they didn't really show up at all against the Falcons. Uh, got steamrolled 43 to 6. Derek Carr coming off his best PFF passing grade of the season last week, or of his career last week against the Chiefs. Uh, completely turns around, does a 180, and, you know, basically doesn't show up against the Falcons. Big time letdown spot. I'm going to say that that was probably the most disappointing performance, but there were a number of options. Even the Bears, they had things set up so well for them throughout Sunday where the teams right above them in the wildcard playoff race lost. They could have picked up some ground if they just would have been able to hang close with the Packers. Of course, starting Mitchell Trubisky, that didn't obviously pan out. So the Bears had a disappointing performance, but I think the most disappointing loss I'm siding with is the Raiders. Um, to be in control of your own destiny, be in that spot to get, you know, a wild card playoff spot, and then, you know, to lose on the road to the Falcons is uh, just something that is going to be tough for them to actually get into the playoffs at this point in time. So that was probably the most disappointing last week 12. But we had a lot of situations uh, definitely gain more clarity. I think we can say with a greater than 80% certainty, the top four teams in the AFC and who are going to be the division winners. The NFC is a little bit more murky. Of course, no one knows how that NFC East is going to play out, but the North and South are all but locked in at this point in time. Uh, and then it comes down to the NFC West. And I do think that the Seahawks... Um, basically control their own destiny if they want to you know win that division crown they do need to win against the eagles but if they do they're definitely in the driver's seat and uh can kind of play it out as they see so let's talk about this monday night football game um it's definitely an intriguing one uh it's basically been one-sided betting action all week i think the line opened up right around plus three for this um as Seattle as a home or as a road favorite it's moved all the way out to six six and a half basically no one uh, is really looking to buy into 
the Eagles at this point in time, we have crossed some significant numbers moving out from plus three to six and a half. I think we see right around 13.2% of historical games finished within that margin between three and six. So uh, this is pretty significant line movement, especially coming from the fact that we didn't really have any you know significant quarterback injury situation or stuff that's actually driving a lot of this line movement so from that perspective it's something that we just don't really see that often uh there have been you know some rumors about Jalen Hurts potentially being more involved at the quarterback position I'm not sure that's actually going to uh be the case I don't think that's at all what's driving the market movement. I do think Jalen Hurts is probably a better option at quarterback than Carson Wentz at this point in time. At least you can understand um, you know, what you have at the position, but of course that's kind of tough to say with the Eagles still in uh, playoff contention to win the NFC East, and so I think that uh, we probably will see less of Jalen Hurts than what rumors are suggesting at this point in time, um, but it's still really tough to be an Eagles backer at this point. Like 63% of the cash and 79% of the tickets are on the Seahawks. Um, our predictive model doesn't really have enough value on either side, I think if we were leaning one direction, it would probably be just slightly towards the Eagles. But again, uh, we're not really getting enough value to beat that break-even percentage. So it's a spot where I'm not really uh, buying too much into the spread. I think the total, I'm probably a little bit more intrigued by it. 48 and a half this number has also come down significantly. I think it opened up right around 53, um, dropped down to 48.5. Cash and taker percentages are both in favor of the over, so it's kind of tough to tell what is actually driving this market down. I think our model, um, green line, basically leans towards the over. Again, we're not quite there to actually have it be a value play, uh, just a little bit below the break even percentage, but I do think that that gives some signal for um, how we should attack player props coming up here on Monday night. Uh, as things stand right now, there are a few that I think are definitely intriguing options. Russell Wilson, over 2.5 passing touchdowns. It's one I've been um, you know, taking week after week after week. Wilson continues to perform well for me. The Eagles have um, not a great coverage unit. I think they're 22nd overall in our opponent-adjusted coverage grades heading into the week. They do have a pretty high-quality pass rush unit, though. They rank third overall in our opponent-adjusted grades. So um, I think if they are capable of forcing Wilson outside of the pocket, probably isn't going to be able to hang on to the ball as long as he likes to. Maybe they get a few more sacks. I do think that that's probably going to be the way that they stay in the game. But I still think that Russ Wilson's going to have the understanding that he needs to get the ball out quickly, allow DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to make plays after the catch. And I think he should still um, be able to get over 2.5 passing touchdowns, especially at a plus 160, plus 170 price that you're getting right now. So I think that's probably my most, the best player prop that I think you can hit on Monday night. Another one that I like, Miles Sanders over 17.5 receiving yards. Um, he ran around on, right around 45% of the dropbacks last week. He had five targets, was sitting there basically in a 14%, 50% team target share last week. So I think he's going to be um, heavily involved, especially on the receiving end. If the Eagles get down quickly and are kind of playing catch-up to the Seahawks at the point in time. I do think that he's going to get a number of targets um, out of the backfield, which should easily drive him over the 17.5 receiving yards. I don't think that that, that price necessarily um, is reflective of the usage that he's going to get once he's healthy, and I think he's back um, and kind of ready to roll. And I do think that the Eagles' offense in general is obviously getting a lot more healthy, and I do think that maybe um, we see a pretty decent performance from them. I think this could be another game where Carson Wall. Carson Wentz maybe silenced the doubters for one week, uh, kind of has a pretty easy game, 
Obviously, the Seahawks defense uh, plays somewhat into that as they haven't really been able to uh, stop anybody at this point in time. So I think uh, that obviously is going to help you know, the Eagles be productive offensively. And that's the reason why I kind of lean towards the over. Um, and I'm kind of looking towards some of the over uh, player prop markets as well. Uh, another game that I'm really getting into, prize picks. You can basically um, sign up using promo code PFF. If you do, we're going to get you some free money to wager on. How it works is you basically choose over or under on a set fantasy point uh, score for an individual player. You can choose a number of different options on this Monday Night Football slate. Two that I really like, uh, I'm going to double dip here. Miles Sanders over 15 fantasy points. Our fantasy projections have him closer to 16.2, giving you a little bit of wiggle room. I do think that he's going to be more involved in the passing game um, than what we currently project. So in saying that, I don't think that he's actually going to need to score a touchdown to get over this fantasy points, but I do think that he's going to have a number of opportunities to do so do so in a higher scoring game so that's why I kind of lean towards Miles Sanders over 15 fantasy points I got to side that with um, an under play I do kind of like Jalen Rager under 11.5 fantasy points people are kind of buying into the rookie um, but his usage hasn't necessarily been that great he has ran a route on over 95% of dropbacks uh, the last two weeks but hasn't hit you know a 20% team target share so unless he gets in the end zone I do think that getting him getting over 11.5 fantasy points is definitely a stretch at this point in time I think that's a number that's uh probably a little bit over inflated people kind of like to buy into these rookie uh, wide receiver pieces you know the new toy aspect that sort of situation and of course you know some of them have done quite well once again we saw you know Justin Jefferson performance here two touchdowns so I think uh, people kind of see other rookie wide receivers do well and kind of want to buy into the narrative that uh, all of them are going to be productive and I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case obviously I think they all have talent they all can potentially put it together but this is just a spot where I don't think Jalen Rager is going to get over uh, that 11.5 fantasy points I think that his number is just a little bit um, inflated for a number of reasons that I think um, it's probably worthy of a fade spot so we'll see but we have you know a, we have a Tuesday night football game as well um, we got Baltimore, Pittsburgh, looks like it's still going to be happening. No current line available. We're not really quite sure, um, you know, where, what we're going to get as far as, you know, a, who a quarterback for the Ravens, what who's going to be available, those sort of situations. And the COVID situations in general kind of make for um, difficult, not necessarily difficult, but um, a completely different element to sports betting that one, is one that we've basically never de dealt with before. And I think if you're not learning and how to adjust on the fly, um, respond to late breaking news, uh, you know, get the latest and best information and try and make the most profitable play, then I think you're going to get left behind. And I think, you know, there's not going to be as many opportunities for you to bet on games um, in 2020. So I do think it's a situation where you kind of got to do your own work, do your own research, uh, and then make sure that you have all the information that you can available at that time. And then, you know, choose based on, you know, your inputs, what you think the best betting value is and kind of go from there. And of course we have, you know, some great tools for you to utilize, uh, to help you gauge both market direction and what side of the market you should potentially lean on. Of course we have the PFF at green line um, which is great it helps me quite a bit in just getting a uh, general market understanding of how the game's potentially going to play out and of course we have our player props tool which has been um, 
you know, a great addition this season. It's been incredibly hot. My written plays went 3-0 and uh, using it today. So I'm definitely going to have another article coming up here tomorrow to discuss uh, some more of the best bets that you can make for our player props tool. I was asked a pretty good question today um, doing the VEASAN show that I'm kind of I'm going to wrap up with. And it was basically, why are player props shaded towards... Um, the over you know people always talk about it people like to bet overs people bet overs on the game total the bet over team total there are very few people that are consistently targeting unders that is probably the main reason why we see player prop numbers you know consistently have um, a skew towards the over but there are other situations at play of course there's the fact that uh, in a normal distribution we're basically trying to get like a mean medium projection for how that player is going to perform in that specific category um, so like for receiving yards for instance we'll get you know 51 point mean projection for that receiver and obviously there's the downside but the downside can't get any lower than zero and the upside is not necessarily uncapped of course, there's time constraints and other things going on with the game, but there's you know a lot of room towards you know the upside basically that is priced and that's kind of dragging the number up just a little bit more than what it actually should be at this point in time. And of course, there's also um, the unfortunate injury situations that we see play out where guys get hurt during games, and uh, the market doesn't really seem to take that into account where they should potentially be shaded towards the under, but they aren't because the majority of bettors like to bet over so they have to shade towards the over but there's the injury situations which play out which uh kind of should be pulling it back down towards the under which but that's not necessarily how um it plays out normally which is kind of why i think you need to be on unders the majority of the time but if you get a lean from like pff green line for instance that they like overs that's a spot where the market expectation could be just a little lower um, than what we currently project so i think from that angle it's probably best to target overs in those situations because you're going to get um, a little bit more value when focused on just a little bit higher scoring game output than what you would have if, if green line was essentially leaning towards the under so um, there's a lot of betting opportunities and i think pff is basically at the forefront to help you make the best decisions with your money um, as quickly and as easily as possible which is what basically we're here for so this is great um we have you know once again pretty great uh, Monday night football slate. Seattle could not necessarily just wrap up the NFC West, but they're definitely going to be in that driver's seat um, to control it if they win here on Monday night. So make sure you get your bets in. I do see the line just moved again to six and a half for Seattle. Uh, Green line is showing just a little bit of value at that price. So it's going to be a spot that you definitely want to check out here uh, tomorrow. Make sure you check out the player props tool. NFL Green Line, and then we're going to have, you know, NCAA plays coming up here on Tuesday. Uh, and George and I are going to be getting into uh, week 13 early lines coming up tomorrow on the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Thank you.